Hello everybody and welcome to the Business Key podcast with Debbie and Ochiko. So on today's podcast we will be talking about a major retailer who's closing some of its depots and shrinkflation. So for our first story over to you Ochiko. Hello everyone. Recently there was a story that Argos had announced that they were going to close two depots and that would put 1,400 jobs at risk. Just for those that don't know, so Argos is a general goods retailer so they sell lots of things around the house. So stuff like tables, furniture, electrical items, TVs, um, etc. But also gardenware as well. What they don't sell is is food. So like um, groceries and so on. They don't sell that. But pretty much things around the house, they've, they've got almost everything. So yeah, so this is a big deal. So at the moment, so for those that don't know, about seven years ago, so 2016, August was bought out for 1.6 billion by Sainsbury's. So Sainsbury's in the UK is a, a supermarket, one of the major supermarkets in the UK. So yeah, so this is like a major, um, major news in the UK, and and also like for those that don't know as well, August you know has been like a staple of the high street for many many years. It's it's quite hard to actually imagine a high street without August. Um, August through the years have always been pretty much every major, almost every major town that we've had at Argos but as years have gone by they have started to close the Argos stores and um, and um, and then th- this eventually led to the this eventually led to the takeover by, by Sainsbury's this was like a precursor but I suppose one of the questions that you know as me and Debbie were discussing one of the questions that we that came to mind was what's happened to Argos um, how have they how have they progressed up to now? What could have been different? But also, like, has the integration of Argos into Sainsbury's been effective? So I think we'll start there. Has the integration of Argos into Sainsbury's been effective? Yeah, so as you mentioned, Argos have closed a lot of their standalone stores that they had on the high street. And in many instances, um, where, there, where there are quite large Sainsbury's stores, um, there has been a space carved out um, for an Argos counter. Um, and therefore, you know, Argos has been integrated into Sainsbury's, not just, you know, by, um, you know, Sainsbury's being the parent company of Argos, sort of on paper, but very visibly to uh, customers. Because um, if you were to go into a large Sainsbury store, you can see an Argos there. Um, in terms of how has that integration gone, I think it's probably been successful in some instances um, in terms of extending Argos's um, network in, in, in some regards. So so although Argos has been integrated into larger stores physically in terms of having a physical presence, uh, I do believe you can, uh, if you do an online purchase at Argos, uh, you can deliver your items, I guess, depending on how large it is, um, you can deliver them to Sainsbury's stores of any size. So even if you have a very small Sainsbury's, you can still deliver your items there. And um, although there were many Argos's on major high streets, there's more probably a lot more Sainsbury's uh, stores um, on you know more local high streets. So in that regard, it sort of expanded Argos's reach and its network. Um, if people are aware of Argos's association with Sainsbury's now, it means that um, they're able to use utilize that distribution network and perhaps you know consolidate some of their delivery delivery uh, logistics. Um, yes, w- what are your thoughts on the integration? 
Um, it seemed to be an interesting idea at the time. Of course, you know, Sainsbury's is in many, like you said, it's got like a, a massive footprint um, in terms of the places that it is, and it's you know it's quite a big it's quite a big supermarket. So it, it did have the retail space. So I suppose it made sense in terms of utilizing that space. I imagine they would have saved like Argos would have saved money on rent. So it, it, it sort of made sense from that perspective, what they were thinking. But I think in terms of the execution, I think Argos, if I think to the instances when I've gone into, into Sainsbury's, Argos tends to be like towards the corner of the store. And it's not really, a lot of the times as well, I feel like unless you're, maybe you've gone inside specifically to look for Argos I don't feel like it's maybe in a prominent position that you would be like oh there's there's Argos it, it feels a bit like it's in the back corner a bit looking a bit sorry in the back corner I don't know if you, if you had that same impression as well I have had that same experience I think as you mentioned if you are going into Sainsbury's because you know there is an Argos there um, then it's fine you'll probably be able to locate it but if you are going to Sainsbury's just for your general shopping you may miss that there is also an Argos present. Yes, I agree. If you were going into a Sainsbury's because you knew it had an Argos present, then it would most likely be fine uh, in terms of locating the Argos counter or the Argos section of, of the store. However, if you were just going to Sainsbury's to do your general shopping, you may miss the fact that there is also an Argos counter there. So in terms of that cross-selling opportunity which is presumably one of the reasons uh, why Sainsbury's decided to integrate Argos into their stores it perhaps hasn't been executed um, to the fullest effect that it could have been as you mentioned yes absolutely and you know and um, so I think that's one point so I think one point is certainly the positioning hasn't been um, perhaps isn't the best I think the marketing as well could be could have been looked at could be looked at as well I don't I don't think it's been really I mean I'm aware that Sainsbury's have been taken over by Argos but I'm not, I'm not sure that that's 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 common knowledge for the for, for everyone in the public I, I'm not sure that Argos that Sainsbury's really did like some kind of maybe like campaign or really shouted about the fact that you know that there are there are Argos stores in um in, in, in Sainsbury's and and that is some way that they can get their people can get their general purpose of that I think I would argue that they probably did do a good job in terms of highlighting it when it first happened. But I think perhaps Sainsbury's wanted to keep the two as two distinctive brands. And perhaps as a result, that is the reason why they've not mentioned it as much in terms of linking the two. Um, as I mentioned, if you are to order from Argos, I think you, you will see Sainsbury's stores available for pickup of your order of your order. So in that regards it is reinforcing the fact that they are integrated but you have to actually have gone onto the Argos website and gone through the process before you get to that stage I don't think it's clear when you go on the Argos website or on the Sainsbury's website at first glance that the two are integrated so I don't think they have continued or sustained any sort of branding or marketing of the two together uh, I think perhaps they their thinking was let's keep them as two distinctive brands they're both um, long established UK brands let's keep them that way but as you said perhaps they've missed the mark there uh, whereas if they had you know done some clever marketing or advertising they could have leveraged uh, their integration in a bit more of a profitable way the, and then the, the next point I wanted to talk about was just in, in general so with Argos 
So just in case, just in case for those that don't know, so Argos is like a they've they have a catalog model. So what happens is the um, or well before in the in the generation before the internet, they produced a catalog like a physical catalog of items that they were selling, and they would distribute that. So then pe- the idea was people then um, people would then have an have an idea of what they wanted. They could see the prices, and then they can come into store and then order what they wanted. But as time has as times have as times has gone on, as the internet has got better, they've dispensed with the with the catalogue a few years ago. And then when you go inside they have, you know, they have physical terminals that you can, you know, enter your information into to, to, to search for items, etc. But as time as times has gone on, I, th- I feel like you know, there has been some there has been some things that they were doing that was certainly one of I think it was one of the first. For example, when you I certainly remember a few years ago them being one of the first that if you need an item, um, you can you can look online to see which which store has the item. So that saves you from going over. Let's say you're going over to you know your local Argos, and they don't have it. Then you know you're disappointed. You have to go somewhere else. Actually, from home you could find out whether or not um, which which Argos had your item in stock. So I think they were probably one of the first to one of the pioneers, one of the first to to bring that kind of technology or that kind of what if we call it technology but that kind of um, operation in terms of execution to the to the market but since then I haven't really seen much innovation and I do I do wonder and I think that when I look at Argos I actually think that they're quite similar if you look at what they're selling it's quite similar in some ways to Amazon so they could they could in theory be I mean online already if you if you order online they do have next they do have same day delivery even like a really fast service so it looks like they've started so it looks like they've started to in a, in, a, in the last few years started to you know really get to grips in terms of online delivery and so on um but i, I, I don't know i suppose that's the question how come they haven't been able to compete as much as as amazon because it feels as if if you're looking for a new product i think amazon's probably like the first place one would go to so how come argos isn't how come we're not thinking Amazon or Argos? Why is it Amazon first? What, what why has Argos not been able to compete as much as Amazon because they're selling pretty much the same things? Yeah, no, that's a really good point, but I think it probably speaks to the strategic direction that Argos has taken over the years. I think, as you mentioned, uh, they have been innovative in certain areas, but perhaps they've been quite stagnant in others. I think with their physical catalogue, I mean, I remember growing up. And getting your August catalogue was a really exciting feat because, you know, in addition to having homeware and electricals, they also had toys and they had jewellery. It was it was like a great sort of uh, way to explore a lot of different items in one place. Um, sort of like how the internet gives you the, the opportunity in one place to see a whole, pro- you know, a whole lot of products and, you know, look at the specification of the products, compare them to other products. The August catalogue gave you that same um, opportunity. I think perhaps with the Argos model in the past, uh, like you, as you said, before the internet or before uh, e-retailers became more as prominent as they are now, having the physical catalogue in your home perhaps then did make Argos, you know, the Amazon of its day. It did make Argos the first port of call if you wanted to buy toys or homeware or electricals, you would look first in the Argos catalogue. That would almost be your reference point to the high street. Um 
as you said, more people have moved to digital and perhaps Argos might have been a little bit slow um, in that in that in that same regard. I think also with their catalogue, as you mentioned, the catalogue actually had prices printed in there. And I think the catalogue would be released twice a year, which meant that Argos was not able to be as dynamic as its online competitors are in which they can raise and lower the cost or the price of their items uh, whenever they want at a whim. Whereas with Argos, they had to stick with a set price for their items and also stick with a set offering as well. So if there was a new you know, phone or a new, I don't know, printer that came out, um, whereas with the emergence of online shopping, you were able to see that item on an Amazon or on another company's website, you would not be able to perhaps see that on Argos because they had their set list, you know, for the next six months at, at a set price. Um, so I think the fact that they phased out their catalogue is probably a better thing because they could be more dynamic in terms of their product offering and their pricing. However, it just seems as though maybe the marketing and the branding hasn't sort of kept up to pace with, you know, what, what else is out there. And therefore, I, I just think they've been slow and quite reactive as opposed to being proactive and innovative and as you mentioned you know oftentimes when you're thinking to buy an item that you can probably get in Argos your first port of call will probably be Amazon because Amazon is seen as more you know current they will have everything they will have a range of options and a range of pricing whereas maybe Argos you're sort of thinking oh they might have a limited range and you know perhaps it's a bit more of an old school uh, website you know or old school you know retailer whereas Amazon seems a little bit more fresh. So perhaps there's a something to be said with regards to the marketing um, and the branding that Argos needs to do to kind of, you know, let's not think of Argos as the, the catalogue retailer of old, but think of it as a modern retailer where you can get a lot of items at a really good range of prices and a really good range of options. I think they have a bit of work to do there in order to dispel their old sort of... Um, I guess their reputation and perhaps provide more of a, a, a more modern innovative one so that's a good point actually yeah in terms of in, in customer perception because like you said they've always been you know perceived as the catalog retailer so I suppose maybe changing that perception to being actually an online retailer would make sense I don't know but I have a question for you okay so I have a question for you then uh, so we have seen in recent times some retailers, for example, where they've had a particular reputation that they wanted to dispel. They've rebranded and changed their name. Uh, you know, Argos has a long heritage. It was on the high street for many years. It, you know, it's, you know, many of us had the catalogue in our homes. But as you said, it could be the competitor to Amazon. Do you think as part of this you know, push, if they wanted to make this push, which we think they're possible, they're capable of doing, do you think maybe changing their name would help or, or would you say that would perhaps lose some goodwill that, that they already had? What, what would you advise them to do? I, I would say that, no, I think, I, think, I think keeping the name, I think Argos is, you know, one of the, the UK staples. So I think, I think keeping the name would make sense. Maybe they might want to add to the name. Maybe it might be Argos like Direct or Argos um, Online or something like that to kind of um, kind of S subtly signal subtly signal yeah that they're online so maybe something like that maybe like an addition but I wouldn't no, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get rid of it it's still a well known name it's still a well known brand it's more just yeah just changing that perception that actually no, we have everything online too 
Um, and I think I think the other the other point I was going to make as well is just in terms of. Do you agree with that, or do you think? Um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'll go online. I'll go, I'll go direct. I'll go digital. Yeah, something to add a modern touch to it. And that would also even drive more news reports and um, drive more interest. Um, and yeah, maybe like a, a refresh that in that way. Yeah. But you don't have to strip away uh, the name that it's, you know, the legacy that is built up because that does have good standing with some with a lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, I mean, they're already selling, you know, all the stuff that most of the, I'll say most of the stuff that Amazon's selling, of course, Argos has been selling for years. So they already have like relationships with the distributors and wholesalers and so on. So there's really no reason why they couldn't open up. They probably they already have their post. So there's no reason why they couldn't, you know, um, send over goods to to do home like home delivery. Not even bypassing the stores, but to do home delivery straight to customers. They, they, they could do that. They could do that too. I've seen no reason why not. The only the only thing I would say is that um, with Amazon, of course, they have the Amazon Prime deal. Which is which is you know gives gives customers unlimited orders if they pay a certain amount. So sorry, a limited next day delivery. That is that. I mean that would be something because Argos do charge for the deliveries at the moment. I think I believe it's around five five or six pounds. Depend might might depend on the amounts, but I, I, um, I believe it's around five or six pounds. So um, so yeah. So at the moment, I mean, if you have that choice between paying five or six pounds or effectively free delivery, you know. Um, that that would be you know maybe a no-brainer for the customer. So that's probably something. But I mean that could be easily done in terms of creating an offering. But I suppose maybe trying to match because with Amazon's offering, it's not just the delivery. It's also the um, it's also the added benefits like the Prime Video and so on. But as a, but I suppose you do see other stores like ASOS and and so on. They've they have a delivery. Uh, like a premium model where you can pay a certain amount and then you get you know unlimited deliveries for the year so yeah it's not something argos can do in the same i think they should definitely do that i think there's been a loyalty schemes have been really successful seemingly for businesses and argos's parent sainsbury's already has their loyalty uh, card scheme with ne- with the nectar card and nectar card doesn't just give you benefits with sainsbury stores i think there's also benefits to fuel there's also add-ons for other ventures as well so i think they could easily just sort of integrate that feature into nectar so if you already have a nectar card up oh, just sign up you know to this extension with with argos and that then again builds in that emphasizes to customers that integration of net of sainsbury's and argos that we that we were saying perhaps maybe not as prominent and also is a way to just expand your the retailers um data on on its customers and also instill that loyalty. So where, as you said, if you have Amazon Prime, that might be a, a, a sort of something to incline you to shop at Amazon because you might be able to get next day delivery or quite fast delivery. But if you have, you know, this extension to the Nectar card, for example, that w- will also give you, you know, very fast deliveries with Argos. That also is another way to position Argos as a major sort of online presence, uh, an online retailer. that's that's a a good point actually so in terms of leveraging their Sainsbury's because like like you said they haven't really they've been operating so far as like separate brands so this could be an opportunity for them to actually now now to get those synergies so all their you know Sainsbury's customers can know that okay they also can 
can also shop from Argos. So yeah, I think that's that's, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and I guess have we I just want to say have we asked answer that question in terms of, you know, the main the leading headline is that the Argos will be closing two of the two of its large depots. But do we have a a, um, a thought as to why why that is so obviously we've spoken about perhaps what Argos could do to become a sort of um, maybe increase its brand awareness maybe to appeal itself to more customers and in that way it would generate more profits but clearly this move has been you know um, a nod to reducing costs as you mentioned 1,400 jobs are at risk um, there is a general trend to with a lot of retailers of late um sort of creating sort of having major just taking major decisions that um you can be can be seen as cost-cutting exercises so generally speaking it is the loss of of jobs um but but outside of of just that you know or you know unless you think that is pretty much the only reason what do you think are the reasons why uh argos is closing its depots or, or do you think it's you know all of the above that we've just discussed today um i think I would imagine the main reason would be a cost-cutting exercise um, to, to, to cut costs. I, I would imagine perhaps the sales haven't been as high as they were expecting. So they've not, they've not. Um, I, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers, but I would imagine that the, the profits aren't as high as they were expecting. So um, they've decided to, yeah, to make some, to make that perhaps the, I would imagine perhaps maybe the the other warehouses are being underutilized. So they're thinking, okay, since you know maybe it might be like fifty percent or sixty percent, for example. So maybe they're thinking actually we could you know consolidate the warehouses that we have and just use just use the get the most out of the others and save money on these extra extra ones. Maybe they're not being utilized as much. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And also to note, Sainsbury's also did announce that um, in addition to closing uh to argos depots they're also going to uh i think vastly reduce their habitat offering which the habitat is also one of sainsbury's brands and they have showrooms in many large sainsbury stores uh what they're going to do instead is put these showrooms online um so sorry Debbie, just to just to interject so what what do just for some listeners that don't know that have not heard of habitat so what, what do they do exactly so Habitat are a home goods company. So they sell uh, things like furniture. They sell things like bedding and linen. They sell lighting fixtures and decorations um, for the home. They also have cookware and things of that nature. Um, they are also one of Sainsbury's brands. Uh, if you uh, go to very large Sainsbury stores, you can often see a Habitat uh, sort of showroom of sorts where you can sort of pick up some items such as that, such as the cookware um and also of course if you wanted to purchase a larger item like a sofa or a bed um you can see it uh, there in person and then of course you can uh, make a purchase and and have uh, make arrangements for the item to be delivered to your door um so of course because they have you know furniture and large items they, they do actually have physical showrooms in many large Sainsbury stores Sainsbury's have announced that they will be closing many of these down and instead having online showrooms uh, which essentially just sounds like they will be directing people to Habitat's existing website um, and this also seems like a cost-cutting measure because there will also be costs um, that will be reduced from not having to maintain these items and deliver new items uh, into the showroom and not having specialist staff who are fully trained on these items uh, on the premises 
Another cost-cutting measure that Sainsbury's are also doing are also sort of, uh, I think they're closing down one of their major offices, I think in the Milton Keynes uh, region. Uh, so they're going to sort of emphasise homeworking for, for staff. Um, and of course, in closing down their office, that means a reduction in the uh, outlay that they will be paying for um for the hosting of their of their employees in that office and uh, the associated costs with that so it definitely sounds like Sainsbury's are, are doing a, a large push to cut costs uh, uh, in many different ways uh, across many different of their brands um, and so we'll, we'll see how how they fare uh, over the next few months and what their results look like as a result of these measures and and how uh, this impacts the the consumer um, and if they are maybe ahead of the cur- curve in terms of what they are seeing with consumer spending and um, perhaps their position is that for groceries, people will go into stores physically, but for other items, homeware, um, home goods, electricals, toys, people are happy to purchase these online and therefore they're making a decision to, I guess, follow that that strategy. It's interesting though, because when I look at the range of items, it is quite... I mean, I, I, Ikea does sell a lot of these items as well. So that's that's interesting. I'm not, I believe, I mean, I need to probably look into it. But when I've gone, every, almost every time I've gone into Ikea, it's been, you know, the car park's been completely full. The shop's been, wasn't, um, you know, full of people as well. So it would suggest that, you know, going in person to um, see showrooms and, you know, have a look at, sofas and so on it's still it's still it's still popular it it may be popular but is it so popular that we need one in every every large Sainsbury store so there isn't an Ikea on every major high street there are a few very large Ikeas um where you can sort of consolidate your costs because you know you, you have all of these items in very few small locations you can have your specialist staff there. You can have your very large storeroom, stockroom spaces there. You can have your very large car park. Are people going into Sainsbury's often enough to purchase beds and, and you know, wardrobes and cookware? Or are they mainly primarily going in there for groceries? Therefore, you know, if the, if the answer is they're mainly going in there for Sainsbury's, which it seems as though Sainsbury's is, um, that's their strategy or that's that's what they're believing then maybe it does make sense to have perhaps less Habitat showrooms in Sainsbury stores, perhaps have a lot, have a good, better online presence, online showroom, and maybe have fewer Habitat showrooms uh, across the country. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think, it's, yeah, I would agree. I think, yeah, it's, you know, I would imagine most people going into Sainsbury's just mainly go for the groceries. Um, also, I would also say, I think, I'm not sure that Habitat, again, I'm not really sure they've shouted about it in terms of Habitat being in store. I mean, when I've gone round to the homeware, it's certainly not obvious that I'm in Habitat. I don't know if you feel the same, but it feels as if I'm just in another part of, the, of Sainsbury's. It doesn't feel like I've, I've, I've stepped into a new store. So I'm not sure the feeling of Habitat has been um, translated into the, into the store in that way. It just feels like the homeware department. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Uh, And so I think we have 
presented sort of a you know a consistent theme here with regards to Sainsbury's and how perhaps they market their brands and um, you know some of our thoughts with regards to their most recent decisions and um, we'd love for you guys to get involved in a conversation tell us what you think with regards to Argos closing some of its depots uh, regards to large Sainsbury stores are you one of those people that you know love going into a Habitat showroom and love going to the Argos counter when you go to a large Sainsbury's or do you barely notice it? How have you thought about Sainsbury's, um, you know, integration or lack thereof of their brands? Do you think they could do a better job of it? And what do you think about Argos potentially being a competitor to Amazon? We'd love to know your thoughts. You can um, contact us on social media um, at the Business Key Pod. So that brings us to our second theme for today. So do you want to take us through it? Yes. So our second discussion point of today is a phenomenon that is sweeping the nation. It is probably something that you have noticed yourself naturally over time when you've purchased items. Um, and that is what we call shrinkflation. So shrinkflation is, has become quite a, you know, a standard, I would say, issue at this point where you have um, a lot of manufacturers particularly of food products but potentially for food and drink products but potentially also across other areas are reducing the quantity of product that they are selling to consumers but in the most part keeping the prices the same so for example whereas before you may have bought a packet of crisps which may have been 150 grams as standard and that might have cost you £1.50 for example now retailers are, sell- are selling a bag of crisps with the same branding and packaging for perhaps 90 grams, uh, but also for the, but still for the same price point. Um, and that is what we, we deem shrinkflation. Sorry to interject. I think you're being a bit generous with the 90 grams. It might be even 10 grams or 20 grams these days <laughs> with all that air that's put into it. But yeah, sorry, as you are. Yeah, no, and, and that's what I mean by you may have come across this naturally yourself. Because I think... Uh, we've often remarked when you know we've bought items, particularly Chris, as you mentioned, realizing that half, sometimes even it seems as though three quarters of the bag just seems to be air, and therefore, although you're buying a packet of a particular size, you're actually not getting uh, that that quantity of products. So to that point, then, so Chico, do you have any thoughts with regards to, I guess, um, the increase? In this, in terms of um, manufacturers, and also what do you think the consumer's reaction has been to this as well? Manufacturers doing it. Yeah, so for me generally, it has been, I've not liked it, of course. Certainly we've noticed with the inflation, a lot of things, you know, a lot of chocolates and so on going up in price. And then, you know, the actual size of it is slowly creeping smaller, 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 smaller. So... No, not 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 been a fan of it, but I suppose I'd prefer that to the taste changing, um, dr- drastically changing, like for them to reduce the ingredients. So I suppose you know, but how, how do you feel about it, Debbie? Yeah, agreed. And so I think for retail, for manufacturers and retailers, of course, for them it's a benefit because you mentioned chocolate, but I think it, it's sweeping many different items. Um, you know, it can be flour, sugar um you know gravy any sort of household item food products i think we're seeing shrinkflation food and food and, and drink products 
So I think for the manufacturers and retailers, it's great for them because they're able to reduce some of their costs, um, but then also still remain at a quite high profit margin or perhaps increase their profit margin. So for them, I can definitely see why they're doing it and why it's become more prevalent. But as you said, as a consumer, it is quite disappointing when you're used to having a particular size item for a particular price and now you realise you're getting less. And, you know, before you might have thought, am I going crazy? But actually, you know, we have a lot of evidence to show that, no, it is a real thing. Shrinkflation is real, especially when you see along a, a broader product lines and product um, items. And actually to that point, we actually have some pictures which we'll be posting to our social media channels where you can actually see in real time how the the size of certain products has drastically reduced over time um so we want you to check that out on on our social media platforms and if you have any examples as well feel free to to tweet us or message us on on instagram um and um yeah share your pictures and your thoughts with regards to shrinkflation as well this is definitely a a topic that we will be be keeping our our this is definitely a topic that we'll be keeping um, in mind and we'll definitely be coming back to this topic in future podcasts. We just wanted to touch upon it briefly now because it is quite a key sort of a cornerstone uh, in terms of what, what we're seeing a lot of um, businesses sort of doing at the moment. Um, but yeah, let us know if you have any thoughts, uh, message us. We'd love for you to sort of get the conversation started with regards to shrinkflation because it's definitely a topic that we've discussed in many, many a time recently. So thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to uh, follow us, uh, rate us as well, and leave your comments. Uh, if you have any um, on wherever you listen to your podcast, if you have any comments or questions or suggestions for us, uh, please feel free to contact us on social media. Um, you can find all of our details in the show notes um, below. See you in our next episode. See you. Bye.